All right, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Grease the Wheels. It's Uncle Jimmy here again, one more time. Coming to you from the Rock and Roll Garage. I wanted to rehash a subject that we talked about a little while ago because it just keeps popping up and it's also very timely. It's a very important subject. And I wanna talk to you some more about it and maybe find out what your thoughts are on it. If you got some feedback, by all means, please hit me up. We're all over the internet, you know, Facebook, Instagram, and that, Reddit, Twitter whatever you got. Send me email. You can even send me an email. I'll hit you up with the email address. What I want to talk about is this shortage of technicians that's out there. And I've watched a few videos either on YouTube or on Facebook where they have some dumbass come in and talk to uh, some other you know journalist of some sort and try to explain why there's a shortage of technicians. And you know what I found in all of those cases is that these fucking people that they're interviewing are either fixed op managers or former fixed op managers or consultants or former service managers or it, it it's ridiculous the people that they keep trotting in there with these alleged credentials okay you know what a fixed ops manager is is a glorified service manager a glorified general manager it's just somebody who's in charge of people and that's it and here is the fucking problem if you have a fixed ops manager and he's never worked in the shop, or if he worked in the shop, he was a, a fucking lot kid, or maybe a parts guy, maybe even a parts manager or a service manager or service advisor at one time, they don't understand what the fucking problem is. They don't understand. They think about everything from their point of view from the point of view of the people who do the jobs that they did. Unless you were a technician, you will not understand why there is a shortage of technicians you won't understand and you will start to look around and try to figure it out and in your educated sort of oh well you know this is what's going on and that's what's going on and this is why this is and this is why this is and it's all total fucking bullshit as a technician you guys know and any ladies who are technicians too you know why there's a shortage of technicians and i will tell you right now why that is it is because this job sucks it sucks it straight up sucks okay there's no other word for it here's what my day entails here's what my day used to entail at other shops as well and i know that some of you have a similar experience number one i show up for work on time usually okay great punch in I have to punch in. I have to account for my time. I get it. I get it. It's a business. I have to account for my time. If I punch in and then there's a liability thing that goes on there. If I get hurt while I'm there, then guess what? That's the way it works. All right. I get that part. That's not so much of a big deal. Then I have to go into a computer of some sort, whether it's my computer or whether it's the company's computer, whether it even works at all, whether the mouse is broken or the fucking screen is all shitty and dirty. I have to go onto that computer and I might have to punch in again. I might have to punch in or turn myself on or put myself in as working on some sort of an electronic RO system. So we got that. I can handle that. So now I'm punched in time-wise. I'm punched in work-wise. I have an RO system that pops up and I put myself in there and I locate an RO and the first car pops up. Great, and depending on where I work and how many people are there, I have one or two bays and I go out and let's say the first car of the day is a no start. Okay, so that's all it says. All it says, car won't start. So what I have to do now is I have to go outside and this is part of the perils because I've worked in shops up north where going outside involves putting on a really thick heavy jacket and dealing with extreme cold 
I've also worked in the South where going outside means dealing with 107 degree temperatures. So whenever I have to go outside to get a car, that part of the job sucks. Now, I don't know why it doesn't start. I don't know. It just says it won't. It doesn't even say on it whether or not it cranks or whether it, you know, cranks no start or no start, no crank, whatever. I have to go out and determine that for myself because the service advisor didn't bother to fucking find out. And even if they did, what's the chances that the customer didn't understand what they were trying to say and maybe even said the wrong thing? Oh, it cranks, but it doesn't start. And what they mean is, uh, I don't know what the fuck you're asking me. I'm just going to say yes to the first thing you said. That's part of the job that sucks. You have to figure out what the problem is, okay? And you have to figure out the pro- what the problem is with a very bare minimum of information. So you're almost a forensic mechanic at this point. So now you go out and you stick the key in the damn thing and you turn it and it doesn't turn on. Okay, so it doesn't crank. So now, if it's an automobile built within the last 70 years, you got to assume you have to assume that it, there's a battery in the car and that it's probably not good. So you go in and you have to get a jump box. Most shops have them. Some don't. I've actually worked in a shop up north where it gets really effing cold. It didn't have a jump box. We actually took a cart and put a big battery on the bottom of it, charged it up. You know, battery we took out of a car that was still good, but just old. And we would hook jumper cables to it and hook it to the car. And that was our jump box. So there's one of the things you have to deal with. Most shops do, however, have jump boxes. You just go get it and hopefully it's charged up. Nine times out of 10, it's fucking not. Then you hook it up to the car in the appropriate spot and either turns over or doesn't turn over. Okay, so now you got it so it turns over and it may start. Great, so you can pull it in the shop. That's the best scenario. Because you pull it in the shop, you hook up the battery charger to it, you test the battery, the battery's shot, you put a new battery in it, the car is fixed, boom, you're good. You can move on. You made an hour, maybe an hour and a half, depending on if you have to register the goddamn thing or not. But you had to jump through some fucking hoops to get to that point where you got the jump box. See, if they had put on the RO, doesn't crank, no start, you could bring a jump box with you because you can assume almost that the battery might be bad, especially if you're in the north. And even in the south, batteries get hot. It actually kills them faster than cold does. Difficult for people up north to actually wrap their mind around that and vice versa. Down here in the south, it's hard for them to imagine anything other than heat beating the shit out of a battery. Anyway, this is part of the things that makes your job suck is that you don't get all the information you need and you have to figure things out that you shouldn't have to all on your own, which slows you down and causes you to earn less money. Telling you that this job sucks is kind of not correct, okay? I actually love being an auto mechanic. I love fixing the cars. I get a certain kind of a a high. It's not like that or anything, but I just like when I'm able to take something that's not working and make it work again. I've always liked that. And I'm, I'm pretty good at it like you guys are. I think, and I know a lot of you think the same way, that we should be paid more. I believe that. And I've, I've done many a podcast on how you guys, myself included, and everyone who works on cars and fixes them is the actual talent in your shop. Okay, We've been through that before. But this is not something that is common knowledge or even something that is hinted at when these butthead, talking head, fucking fixed op managers go on TV or, or maybe in a podcast of their own or maybe in a a YouTube video and go, oh, there's a shortage of technicians because high schools don't have shop classes anymore. I go, well, you know what? I never once fucking worked on a car or my car in a shop class at high school. Okay, we had shop classes, sure. But you know what I did in my shop class? I printed shit. I made silk screens. That's what I did. I didn't fix cars at all. Had nothing to do with fixing cars in my shop in my high school. Now, obviously, that was years ago. And yes, we had a shop and we did things in a shop, but it was not automotive related. So you can you can start wherever you want to start. 
as a mechanic. It doesn't have to start in high school. It didn't for me. I've been a mechanic for a long, long time. As soon as I graduated from high school, I figured out that the world moves forward with automobiles. And I wanted to move forward, so I started working on them. I got one, it didn't work, I made it work, I drove it, it broke, I fixed it, I drove it some more, it broke again, so on and so forth, till today, because I have to keep up on my shit too, just like you do. So that's a bullshit, that really, I think is a bullshit excuse. There's lots of different reasons why people, kids, teenagers, uh, young adults, either wanna work on cars or don't wanna work on cars. Now they've gotten complicated, so yes, it is tough to work on your own car. But lots of cars now do not have dipsticks, so you can't even check the oil. You need a, a myriad of uh, tools just to access the air filter. It used to be just a wing nut, not anymore. Uh, there's not one coil for eight cylinders like there used to be. There's one per cylinder. If you have four, a four cylinder, you have four coils. If you have a six cylinder, you have six coils and so on and so forth. Also too now, the big thing in about the last 10 years or so, and it's a little longer ago than that, is power adders, especially turbochargers, because somebody figured out that the gases coming out of the engine that are called exhaust gases constantly expanding and you could use that to fire up a little turbine which forces air into the engine and guess what boom more power okay somebody finally said you know those that's such a good idea we should just do it on all of them and now difficult to even buy a car that doesn't have a turbo on it anymore where's all this leading to it's leading to passion and i've talked about this before guys and, and a lot of us have a passion for working on cars but we have a passion for a lot of other things too and this is not something that a fixed operations manager knows a single fucking thing about because they have their own passions they have their own needs they have their own goals okay and they don't involve making life easy or good for a technician all they know how to do is complain about how there aren't any problem is you know you can work in a shop the shop i work in now is actually a really excellent example of what's wrong with the system my service manager doesn't seem to want to hire anybody unless they have skills and I applaud her. Fat Boy Slim says, I, I want to praise her like I should. She has not hired idiots. This is not something that has actually happened in some of the last shops I've worked in where they have hired idiots just to put bodies in there. And their only skill was that they were able to fog a mirror. No, she has made an attempt to hire people who have some modicum of skill in repairing a car. It's important. However, she's hit a stone wall. They have hit a stone wall in the place I work at. We have 44 lifts available for technicians. We have approximately 14 technicians. So wherein lies the problem? Well, let me tell you what one of the problems is. One of these fucking people that has been interviewed about the technician shortage problem says, you know, the pay is out there, the pay is good. You know, technicians can earn $100,000 a year. Bull fucking shit, all right? Now, if you're a technician and you are listening to this podcast and you make a hundred grand a year, I would like to hear from you. I would like to congratulate you on making six digits a year. But I can tell you right now that I am not gonna hear from anyone, okay? Yeah, there may be one or two, maybe a handful of technicians out there who are turning hours so that they can earn $100,000 a year. But that is an anomaly. And I wish these fucking fixed stop morons would stop spouting that bullshit. Right now, I'm mired at about 52K a year, about 50K a year. I, at one time, earned in the neighborhood of $70,000 a year, but that was extraordinary, and I knew it. And then I got a new 
service advisor and that piece of shit made my pay go down $10,000 a year until I was earning in the high 40s. Doing the same job on cars that actually were becoming more and more and more technologically advanced. I should have been making more money. I was not. They tried to figure out how to fuck me and they did it. They were able to do it. Now here's the deal with the money. Nobody who owns a shop wants to pay their technicians a lot of money. End of sentence. End of sentence. They don't want to pay a lot of money for technicians because they don't have any respect for us. Okay, yes, that's too simple of a statement. It's too general of a statement to be true in all cases. I will agree with that, but they don't want to pay us. They don't respect us as a general rule of thumb. You talk to a general manager of a new car dealership and you ask them about the technicians and I will give you $5 per technician that you know the name of. They don't know their names. They just think of them as monkeys or apes or gorillas or just whatever. These these dirty scumbags who work in the service department, which I have to have because if I'm selling new cars, I have to service them. That's what the manufacturers tell them. If they didn't have to service the cars, they wouldn't. The part that sucks is that they make a lot of money off of service. They make a lot of money off of service. And one of the ways they make a lot of money off of service is by not paying you. So when these fixed ops people come on here and go, well, we don't understand why nobody wants to get into this business. It's because the job sucks and it doesn't fucking pay. Now, can fixed ops managers change that? They sure can. They have all the power to change that. But you know what? They're not going to. They're not going to because you know what's going to happen? Here's what's going to happen. Let's say you get to a place and the fixed op manager is one of these people who sees the forest for the trees and is not fucking wallowing around in their office trying to make up excuses for why things are the way they are and can't seem to pull their fucking head out of their ass. Here is what goes on. Let's say you're a fixed op manager and you got technicians who do the job and they do that well and they're looking for a raise or they would like a raise and you know that they would like a raise or maybe they've asked you for a raise one way or the other. And so you come through with a raise for them. Now suddenly the shop doesn't make as much money as it did. And now all the other technicians found out he got a raise. They want one too. And you go through and maybe you do a, maybe you even do a merit-based raise for people. I used to get training all the time. I never ever one fucking time ever came back from training and had somebody say hey you got good you got new skills you have extra certifications here's some more money that never fucking happened never they kept paying me the same shitty fucking pay i was making before i got raises at one place i didn't get a raise for like three years and i've never asked for a raise i've gotten them never asked for them and i got a raise one year 63 fucking cents are you fucking kidding me i felt like telling them to fucking keep it sounded like they needed it more than me it was ridiculous Sure, there's a lot of other things that they got to pay for. I get that. They got to pay the lot kid. They've got to pay the the car porters, the detail people, the car wash people, the lot kids, the service advisors. They got to pay all of them out of the money they earn off of service. But as I've said before, gentlemen, we are the talent. I think that they should fork over for us. Now, do I think we should all make 100K a year? No, I think 100K a year should be something that you can definitely work towards and get. The goals should be put in place there should be obvious stops on the road to get there there should be goals that they would set for you such as uh just as an example let's say you got all of your asc training which we've talked about before is crap but let's say you got all your asc training and you've got all your brand specific training if you're at a dealership and you turn a certain amount of hours every week regularly okay some weeks are better than others you know that we all know that and you have a minimum amount of comebacks everybody gets comebacks but you have a minimum amount you have a good attitude you show up on time there's no fucking reason on planet earth why you shouldn't earn a hundred grand okay because here's the deal 
you're making, let's say, let's just pick a number right out of thin air. You're making $25 an hour. The shop is selling your time for $125 an hour. There's $100 for every hour that you turn. And you actually turn 50, 60, sometimes 70 hours a week. Multiply that by 100. That's what the shop earns. And what are the fuck, what the fuck are they spending it on? They're spending it on a fixed ops manager who doesn't know his asshole from a hole in the ground. That's part of the fucking problem as far as I'm concerned. Now, I know that I am motivated by a lot of different things as a technician. I need a good, clean shop to work in. I I can't work in a mess. I want to work on one kind of cars. I don't want to work on the shit that was built by fucking Audi. I don't want to work on the shit that was built by Jaguar. I don't want to work on the shit that was built by Alfa Romeo or fucking Mercedes Benz. I don't want to, there's a lot of shit I don't want to work on. So if I work in a shop where they bring that shit in on a regular basis, I'm going to get pissed off. I'm not kidding you. I'm just going to get fucking angry because some of that shit makes no sense to me. Some of that shit is extraordinarily difficult to fix. Some of that shit, the people who own them don't want to buy the shit that I say they need to make them fucking work. And somehow that's my fucking fault or my problem i don't think so want to motivate me give me a good clean safe place to work give me parts people who know what they're doing give me a service manager comes out every once in a while and says hey thanks for taking care of this that or the other thing buy me lunch every once in a while that's all i'm not i don't want you to feed me every day I'd be happy if you did, but I'm I'm not looking for that. There's a lot of different things you could use to keep technicians happy. But I'll tell you what, on top of all of that, the one thing, the one thing is the pay. Straight up, it's the pay. That $100,000 a year, I don't want to hear another fucking person say to me, oh, automotive technicians can make up to $100,000 a year. No, they fucking can't. Not until the fixed ops managers, oh, who by the way are making probably a buck and a half a year, you know, 150K, sometimes 200K a year, pull their fucking head straight out of their ass, trim some of the useless, worthless fucking employees they have and take that money and pay the technicians. A lot of times they'll just say to you, say, well, we're just going to get the same production out of them. Well, yeah, but you want to know something? People ask me, they say to me, oh, my son is thinking about becoming an automotive technician. I say to them, you should talk them out of that. It's a shit job. You're going to work for shit people. We're going to work on shit cars and you're going to get shit pay and there's nothing you can do about it. Nothing anybody can do about it. Now, I've teased you about this before and we're going to do a podcast on this in a couple of days, maybe, uh, maybe a couple of weeks or so. But one of the things I want to talk to you about is the possibility of working for yourself. And it might seem ridiculous. It might seem undoable. I get it. There's a lot of obstacles to it, but there's also a lot of reasons why you're going to want to do it. And we here at Grease the Wheels have teamed with a company to try to figure out a way that we, you can actually do that. It'll be a lot easier, a lot better. And it'll be good for you. It'll be good for your financial situation. It'll be good for your lifestyle. It'll be good for your life. It'll be good for your family and your wife and everything that goes on in your life. So stay tuned for that. I want to hear from you folks. If you're out there and you're making 100K a year as a technician and you're only working five days a week, or maybe you're just working five and a half days a week, I, I, I need to hear from you. I want to hear how it is that you're doing that and where it is that you're doing that. Because I'll tell you what, there's some places where you can be one of the most intelligent, hardest working mechanics in the world and you're not going to make more than $20 an hour. It's not going to happen. There's a lot of reasons for that. I'm not sure I want to dive into that right now because that that's another subject that gets me worked up. But when you listen to these people who tell you, oh, there's, there's a lot of reasons why there's no technicians out there to hire. Yeah. It's because you people won't fucking open the wallet. That's what it is right there. If technicians had an opportunity, a real honest to God opportunity, a chance, 
to work for five to 10 years and make somewhere near $100,000 a year or be on a path to earn $100,000 a year, more people would do it. But since that door is never opened, and if it is open, it's opened a crack and you only let one or two fucking guys through and the rest of them, you slam the door on their fucking fingers and tell them to get back to work and pay them miserably. That's what the fucking problem is. If you want to fix it, if you're a fixed ops manager and you happen to be listening to this podcast and you want to fix this fucking problem and you can't get that shit past your owner or your fucking accountants or past yourself, somebody in your building needs to go and that needs to be the sound of your head coming out of your ass. Okay? All right. That's enough of me for today. This is your Uncle Jimmy. Sorry for the angry diatribe. I think we need to get paid. If you've got some comments on that, let me have them. I want to hear them. I want to hear them. And if you're making 100K a year, let me know where that is. I'm going to pack my bags. All right? I'll be there. Because we're all doing the same job. I don't know why it should pay differently in different parts of the country. Okay? All right. I'm signing off. See you.